Welcome to My Messy Lessons, the podcast. I hope this show will encourage you to know and love yourself more, inspire you to look at things differently, or maybe just say, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one. As you join me in my journey through life, please don't take it as the truth. I might disagree with myself 10 episodes from now, so use my discoveries simply to spark your own, to learn, think, and grow in whatever direction that takes you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Matriarchal Interviews. I have had the pleasure in the last few years to meet quite a few matriarchs, and I wanted to tap into their wisdom for myself and for you and really shine a spotlight on who they are and what they've learned in their lifetime. They were all so different. And it was such a pleasure interviewing them for my podcast. I just feel like I am blessed by their wisdom and by their presence in my life. And so I wanted to share that with you. There are four amazing women that I'm bringing to you, one each week for the next four weeks. And so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. From the moment I met Shirley, Neil's grandmother, a few years ago, I felt accepted and comfortable. I felt like I was at home and I could just be myself. That's one of her superpowers. Everyone that knows her feels that way. And she has had a huge impact on many people's lives by providing not only a relaxed and loving home to come to and delicious food, but a place where they feel like they belong. She's funny and spunky and real. She loves with an open heart and believes the best of people. I'm so happy that I can share her with you. And I'm so, so grateful that she is in my life. I can only hope that some of her way of being rubs off on me. Okay. Uh, I'm Shirley Dorlin, and I'm going to be 87 on Saturday. (laughs) And I know Phoebe because she is married to my grandson. Yes. And making him very happy. And the mother of my great-grandson, which is the first in our family. Mm -hmm. Yes, and he's a cutie, if I say so myself. I agree with that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so is there a lesson that you learned in your life, something that you learned that changed the way you lived your life? I don't think so. Um, I think I just lived it one day at a time. <laughs> I didn't think a lot about it. I don't do a lot of thinking about how things should be or whatever. I more or less, I think I'm more a person who goes by my heart. <laughs> <laughs> 
than my head, in other words. Yeah. You kind of live, day, live life one day at a time. I think so. I suppose I, I had ambitions, and um, I think I've lived in a very, very different time than now because I was born in the 30s mm-hmm. when no one had very many uh, material. Uh, we just didn't have a lot. No one had a lot. And uh, I think time has just changed, and I've tried to keep up with it. <laughs> but I don't think I've been 100% successful. <laughs> I think my ideas are still uh, in the 20th century. <laughs> Do you think that growing up with not very much helped form the way you live your life, or like what is important to you? Or, like, did it help you understand what was important? I don't think that I really, like I said, thought about it very much, but I had, um, my mother was a very, was very influential in my life because my father left us when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had to all work at keeping things together. Mm-hmm. And I think without thinking about it a lot, I never wanted to disappoint my mother. And so when some of my friends were, I'll just say, say smoking, I couldn't afford cigarettes for one thing, <laughs> but I also didn't feel like, I didn't want to defy my mother ever. Hmm. I wanted to make life as easy as I could for her. And I had to help with that because my grandparents lived with us. And um, like in high school or in junior high, I could have made the basketball team, but I could never play because I had to come home and buy the groceries and help make supper keep the house clean because my mother worked till 6.30 every night. Mm-hmm. So I never felt um, hard done by or because it was just common sense to know that we all had to keep it together more or less. Yeah. Like you had a lot of responsibility at an early age, it sounds like. I guess that's true, but I never considered it responsibility very much you know I didn't just just the way things were you know yeah can you hear Declan yelling no <laughs> just wait one sec <laughs> um okay so throughout your life what has brought you the most joy and fulfillment not just my adult life, but through all my life. Is that what you're saying? People. No, whatever. People. Just, people. Yeah. Just other people. Mm-hmm. Just associations with... Human connection. Yeah. That, uh, without a doubt, that's most rewarding to me. Yeah. Well, I think I've had more than my share <laughs> of people around me that I love and love me. 
And that's why when I look at Declan and I see him with your sister's little children, mm -hmm. uh, cousins were really important to me. Mm. And uh, I had a sister and brother, but my sister is nearly 10 years older than me. My brother is six years older than me. And my brother died when he was 30. Mm. So I had some cousins who were very much like my sisters. And to this day, like I spoke to one two days ago, we spoke for two hours on the phone. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think I've been very lucky to be able to, I've had a lot of people in my life who care deeply for me and for whom I care deeply. It might be luck, partly, but I think you you make a point of that too. Like you make a point of loving people and reaching out and being a part of community. And you're also very open and welcoming to people. Like you're very non-judgmental. And so I think it's like easy for people to come to you and to be in your life and to love you because of that, because they feel that. Well, I think that's why I say I didn't think much about that. It's never been a, what I don't sort of set out to do that. But my mother was like that. Mm. Our home was always open to other people, and she was a single mother. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, people were always coming and going at our place. And my mother was, uh, she had a grade 8 education, but even then she never got schooled half the time. But hey, she knew somebody from India, and she went with her over there for uh, three months in India, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and she was, uh, so I don't think it's a thing that I learned. I just got it by osmosis, I suppose, you know. It's a wonderful thing to get by osmosis. Mm -hmm. When I have people over for coffee, just invite them over, and they come uh, for, yeah, they, they say that this is not done very much anymore, and it, People don't have you over for meals, and I don't find it 100% easy to, like today, we just had one thing. Uh, I don't whip a meal together the way I used to, but I, I do it because I think it's uh, important, and I just cut a few corners, and I get my, my friends to help me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find that they don't mind helping yeah. at all. They like to do it, really, and it makes them relax and, and feel at home. They remark on that, and I and I just find that important. So I I just, uh, I don't know, I just find that I, I don't think I could uh, be happy if I didn't have uh, association with other people. Yeah, totally. Me either. Um, what are a couple of things that you've learned about humanity? in general, kind of through your lifetime, like things that you've seen about people or noticed about people in general? And I just, I guess now that I'm older and I have Parkinson's, I really notice how wonderful people are, how thoughtful and how caring. And I know this happens when you get older. People will help older people, you know, uh, but just on the smallest things, because I find it hard to carry a cup of coffee without spilling it. And honestly, complete strangers just step up and say, can I help with that? And even though I can do it myself sometimes, I just, I just let them do it. Because I'm, I'm so thankful that people, that there are so many yeah. generous people. Yeah. And you can see them every day. 
Not everybody feels that way. Or they don't see it that way. No, I don't know how they could miss it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that you have been through, like, some really tough times in your life. How have you managed to stay so positive and so, I don't know, like you have a beautiful spirit. How have you managed that in the face of all your adversities that you faced? Well, I don't think I, I think it's survival because if you have a negative outlook, I guess then that cuts you off from people. And I don't like to be cut off from people. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like being kind has helped you connect with people, obviously, and that's helped you in return. I don't know if it's being kind. I don't know how kind I am, but I just... I just like to find a um, common ground with people. Yeah. And uh, it's there if you just want to just look a little if bit. You, you look know? for it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You just have to ask a few questions and you can find something pretty easily, usually. Well, I suppose that, you know, this is in general because, like, to this day, I don't really know. I don't really know the opinion of my children, say. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I'm their mother, and they have to put up with that no matter what, you know. <laughs> but I sometimes, uh, I think I might have some irritating ways. Well, we you all know, do. If somebody said it to me, I could sure. maybe try to fix it, you know, if I if I thought it should be fixed. Right. But... Um, being irritating is part of being a human being. Hmm. Right? We're I guess, all irritating. Well, I guess so, but I, I don't do it. I, I, I don't do it on purpose, really. You know, I, I'd rather be not irritating, <laughs> yeah. if, unless unless I have to give up who sure. I am. Uh, if I, I don't want to give up who I am, but uh, I'd rather. I'd, I like to take the easy way out if if I can. You know, <laughs> I don't like fighting. I don't like fighting with people. It really bothers me to fight with somebody. And if I fight with somebody, I I try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Because it, it bothers me. That's a selfish thing. I, do, yeah. I don't like to be... Uh, at least I'd like to come to an understanding with somebody. That's all. You know, I, don't, I don't like to be on the wrong side of somebody. Yeah. Like you said... You don't want to be irritating unless it means giving up who you are. Mm. How do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I guess I just I just feel it, but and this is this changes over over time. Right, who you are changes, or how you deal with someone changes yes. over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think because. Uh, my husband has had been a bipolar, mm-hmm. and I had to often choose. I have four children, and uh, you know that naturally there'd be conflict, and uh, you know you you can't win them all. You can't. I try to be 
true to myself and not just do what what he wanted, my, what my husband wanted, because I knew it wasn't. It was different one day from another day also, mm -hmm. you know, so it was like a yo-yo, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that I ever saw that. I just had to muck along and do the best I could and try to, <laughs> you know. But I tried to keep in mind that I didn't have a father after I was seven years old, and that was a real... Um, it was a real mind-boggling thing for me. I, I never felt very worthwhile when I was young because I thought, why would he leave us, you know? Yeah. I didn't feel adequate or whatever. And so I wanted the best for my children. I wanted them to have a father that they could look up to. And, I mean, we haven't done 100% in that field. And, uh, but... You can't be the same for four children, you know, you can't be everything to everybody. And uh, it was always our object, even though we weren't perfect parents, to try and do the best for our children. And uh, that best hasn't been 100%. But the other day we went to a funeral, and it was my husband's family. And... Uh, except for Karen, who lives in Las Vegas. My children all felt it was important to go to that funeral. Mm -hmm. And this was quite difficult. It was a difficult sort of a family association. But they felt enough responsibility and caring to go. And I said to them, and I think we were not perfect, but I was very proud of them that they cared enough to go because obviously when we got there, it was very important to the wife that that it was our nephew, and yeah. and it was very important to her and her children that we came. Yeah, and so I think somehow is instilled See, in our children. Maybe we did a good enough job. Well, we did something right. Yeah, but of course Heather is. Is, is not our child, not our born child, but she's like our child, and she has a big influence as well. But yeah. uh, they all, and I was I was so proud of them, and we had a very good family day. Nobody's perfect. No, that's for And sure. if you think somebody's perfect, it's just because you don't know them very well. <laughs> is that right? That's what I think. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you get to know somebody you realize that they're not like you see their quirks and their failings and you know, or you learn their life story and you realize everybody's just human. So, and nobody's perfect parents either. No. We all just try our best and nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I think if somebody says they know what they're doing with parenting, they're lying. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's maybe true. Because I I heard somebody say once, if somebody says if somebody claims to be a parenting expert, you should run the other way because there's no such thing. Because <laughs> nobody knows. You just always do your best, I think. And it's like half the time it's a guessing game. Like Neil and I always joke that half of parenting is just saying, I don't freaking know. I have no idea. <laughs> parenting is so well, I guess that's what I was saying the other day is that 
I thought we might have struck it lucky when I saw it, you know, felt to be, you know, the caring. Yeah. The caring that was there in our family. Yeah. You definitely did something, right? A couple, three weeks ago, we went to the Eckfield reunion, and there was one of Herman's students there. When she graduated, she went and lived at my mother's house in Calgary and got a job there. And by that time, I was hitchhiking around Europe. I was overseas, or, or maybe, maybe it was after I got, maybe later than that, I'd been home from Europe. But this girl tells me the other day that she she used she saw me as a model to go and do something different or whatever you know, and this was a, such an astonishing to me. And one of my cousins said it to me in the last five years or something. And when I think about my opinion of myself at that time, it was absolutely. Uh, I never saw myself like uh, you know as secure or anything like that. I I know that I I felt completely inferior because my dad had left. Yeah. You know, uh, and I ne- I never saw myself as, and I wonder how I actually managed it. And even in my earlier years of marriage, Herman's family are all very very bright people. And there's no doubt about that. And uh, I saw myself as a lot lower on the scale as far as intellectual ability is concerned. And so uh, it's only in my really later years that I've figured out that brains isn't everything, (laughs) you know. And it's been actually surprising to me. I'm surprised at myself sometimes because I I didn't feel that way about myself in my younger years. That's for sure. How did you? Do you feel like you have healed that or partially healed it? And if so, how? How did you shift? Well, I think other people shifted me mm. because, like, in the last fifteen years, when I belonged to the Museum Society, was that the uh, president was a real go-getter. And she saw some things in me that I never saw in myself and that I could go out into the public and raise money like mad for the museum. Right. And uh, I never saw myself that way at all, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But she saw that, that other people related to me, and so she capitalized on it, and she just, you know, and I, I, I never saw that. Yeah, and by her seeing that in you... It gave you the confidence to go out and try it, like try raising money, and then you succeeded, and you're like, oh, she's right, like I can do this. And you kind of proved it to yourself by well, taking action on it. Or? I don't think that's quite right. Okay. I think I always did it. I did it, you know, when I saw a need, but I didn't feel confident. I, I still did it. Mm-hmm. Because we had a figure skating club here, and we had um, Michael Juranic, who is a very famous pro, and he came here. And we had this fantastic spring school here, but we could we couldn't convince the town to leave the ice in in the spring, and um, so uh, there was nobody else to go and fight them. You know, there was nobody else to do so. I, so I thought, okay, I got a couple of uh, signatures from people who moved here because of the spring school, and I got some signatures from some of the businesses who profited from this, and I just called the newspaper, 
And so I went to the town meeting and I said to them, look, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're missing a good thing here, you know, and if you don't, if you miss this opportunity, the paper's going to publish that tomorrow morning, you know. And uh, I'll tell you something, some people who who didn't even, they knew who I was, but they didn't ever see me as a as a person with any kind of power or whatever. And, uh, hey, we got the Sphinx School. It, it meant a lot of, of uh, to Didsbury. But some other time, Herman was down at the county office, and they said he was, they thought he'd come to complain about something, but he didn't. They said, as long as you don't send your wife, she... <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time I was at home. But I just I it, love that. it made That's me amazing. mad, you know. I thought, okay, enough's enough already. And uh, I I suppose uh, <laughs> I've been a I've been a substitute for thirty two years. And you know, substitutes can be made fun of and they can mm-hmm. well I just thought I'm used to boys and I thought they're not going to do this to me. <laughs> so a few times I kind of stood up to a few of them, and uh, my reputation would go from one year to the next. Actually, things that I really couldn't honestly accomplish were 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 sort of uh, believed of me. Yeah. And so the kids didn't try to. Your reputation. Yes, exactly. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely amazed me when I try to keep up this image. So that they could, they didn't get away with it, and uh, they didn't. Uh, I, I think in the end they respected that kind of yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, that's really interesting. That even though you didn't have a, a high self-image, you still—I don't know—you still like have done a lot in your life. Well, my my number one was to raise my children. I think you're teaching me, by the way, you love your children, you're teaching me how to love mine. Well, that is a lovely comment. I really appreciate that. Yes, I do. I love them with all my heart. Yeah. And you love them very openly without expectations, really. Like you just, you see... um Obviously, you see their faults, too, but you see the, all the good things about them. Well, I've known feel, them a long time. <laughs> and I feel like that's what you focus on the most. That's what you talk about the most, is all the good parts about them. Like, you don't sit around and complain about their faults or anything. And I love that. Well, I don't see it as faults, I guess. Like you said yourself, nobody's perfect, are they? No. And I know I'm not. Yep. And I'd say what you know at one time in your life maybe not going to serve you at another time in your life. So it's always always sort of a... (laughs) There's always learning. Yeah, right. And you never, like, know everything in order to do everything perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Because your life changes, too. And you're dealt with, like, you deal with different challenges. So you have to learn new things to deal with it. That's why I say I, whatever I've had to deal with, 
I've always had people who care about me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I consider myself an extremely lucky person. You're also a very easy person to love. <laughs> Maybe you don't know me Let very me tell well. You. <laughs> Um, if you had a microphone and you could speak into it and talk to the entire world at the same time, and you could say one thing, what would you tell them? I'd say get to get it together. Get it together. together. (laughs) How do you get it together? Well, we were just talking about what we know or whatever, you know, and uh, it seems to me that a lot of the problems we have is to do with thinking we know too much, and particularly religion can cause a lot of havoc when we're all so sure that we have the answer. And uh, when I went to, uh, when I was in Israel, I went to the Holy Sepulchre, and I'm not sure how many faiths are represented in that building. They're hanging off the eaves, I'm telling you, and not one of them agreed with the other. (laughs) And they're willing to, you know, slaughter each other because they're so sure that they know that their faith is the only way. I just couldn't get out of there fast enough. I don't think anybody has the answer that down pat that they're willing to that they can kill other people yes and that that to me seems to be a lot of of the root of the trouble we have or I suppose there's lots of other sides to that like selfishness and or whatever but I think a lot of hatred and everything comes from that kind of uh, thinking that you you know the only way mm-hmm. and that you're right and there's many, many, like the old-fashioned say, there's more, many ways to skin the cat, you know, like, and not everybody is the same, so it's, you know, don't have the things that are important, are not the same for everyone, but when it comes right down to it, we do have a lot of basics in it, so that's why I say we should get it together and concentrate a little on what's more important. And that's to, you know, care about other people, even if you're if you're different, so it just makes it more interesting, you know. And, but I I just if you've been in Israel for a little while, you know, it's pretty shocking to to think that the people that are that are gathered there have experienced so much hatred, you know. And I don't say they're the only ones. I'm just saying that that's an example. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Fine. Okay. I've told you everything I know now. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of your legacies that you will leave behind is just all those little ways that you touched people. Well, and they touched me. And then... Don't forget that. Yes. (laughs) It goes both ways. I agree. But the way that you touch people's lives and the way that that impacts the rest of their lives and moments in their own lives, it's probably 
It's something that you have no idea of the magnitude of it. But I guarantee you it's there. Oh, other people do that, too, in their own yeah. way. You know, they just... Yeah, just right. it. it isn't on the, that I'm unique. That's human nature, isn't it? Yeah, you're not the only one, but I know that... I don't know. I think you do it in a very special way that is unique to you. Well, I thank you for saying that. I'm not sure that... I... And no, not everybody does that. Like, not everybody is, is open and welcoming. Not everybody, like, you really make people feel comfortable, like, in your house and with you. And not everybody can do that. And not everybody loves and cares about people the way you do. So, no, like, not everybody impacts people the way you do. Well, I think it's because I had... Because I've been a lucky person with having a lot of people who care about me, and that's, you know, yeah. it's, 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 uh, I feel that every day, every day. That's good. Thank you for the interview. I love you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is Phoebe. Thank you for listening to My Messy Lessons. If you'd like to continue this discussion, visit my Facebook group called My Messy Lessons The Community and ask to be accepted into it. I would love to hear about your experiences or questions on these subjects. If you like this podcast and want to get each episode as it comes out, remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or would like to access the show notes, please visit my website at www.mymessy.com. The intro and closing music is Never Back Down by Floor Broad. See you next week. And remember, we're all messy. That's what makes us beautiful. Beautiful.